Sometimes we have really similar answers to that, and sometimes we don't. They can come in all shapes and sizes. But this evening, as we go in, uh, I want to take us to uh, chapter 6 of Luke, uh, verses 27 through 35. And before we dive in any further, uh, let me take us to the Lord in prayer, uh, and then we'll dive in. Father, you are a good, kind, and gracious God. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you how uh, you allow us to understand it uh, for our good and for your glory. Lord, I pray that you would uh, use your word tonight uh, to speak to your people. Uh, Lord, to uh, take on a task of loving our enemies. Lord, it is just so unnatural. But Lord, we all have enemies. You even tell your disciples that they will be hated. But blessed are they for being hated on your behalf and being reviled for you. Lord, so I pray that as we read your word, Lord, that we would see more of you and that you would be glorified with us this evening. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we kind of jump into the book of Luke, uh, you know, we usually go through a book of the Bible, but uh, we're going to jump right into the middle of Luke. Uh, so Jesus is in his first, ministry, first year of ministry here uh, as he goes into the Sermon on the Plain. And so uh, where we're going to pick up uh, in chapter 6, he has just went up on the mountain. He has uh, spent all evening with God the Father, come back down uh, and has chosen the 12 apostles to go out. And then he starts in on his sermon on the plain. And there's a great crowd of people around him. And then he cast his eyes on his disciples. And he says, blessed are you. And he says it for four things. And it, and it goes in and it says, blessed are you who are poor, who are hungry, who weep now, who people will hate and spurn your name as evil. So those are our blesseds there, right? It doesn't seem like anything anybody should sign up for at the moment, right? Then we have our woes. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you who laugh now. And woe to you when others think well of you. And so as he gives this charge, and, and think about where, where the disciples are here. Okay, they've been following Jesus for a little while, and here they are, and they, they just get chosen to be the 12 apostles, and then it's like, whoo. And then he keeps it going, right? 
Because he wants us to know that this is not going to be of us. We are not going to be able to follow Jesus Christ in our own strength. We are going to have to believe in what Jesus Christ has done and through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to follow him and allow the Spirit to guide us and convict us and refine us in every single day life. Okay? And so this is where he kind of dives in and where we're going to spend all of our time tonight. It says, But I say to you who hear. And you'll hear throughout the Gospels, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So these are people who have responded to the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ and who he is as the Son of God. So if you are out there and on this side of the cross, if you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave, forgiveness of sins, you have ears to hear. And so this is who he is speaking to. He is speaking to believers because we have those ears. And then he goes in and he says, Love your enemies. Love your enemies. And he's not saying this as a love as like, Hey, just kind of deal with them. Or a love where... You got to be friends with them. No, but this is the love that he has for us, an agape love that in spite of us, this is the love when he says, for God so loved the world, in spite of us and who we are, born into sin, I still love you. Right? In spite of us. And so in spite, of what our enemies or what weapons may be formed against us, we are to love our enemies. And then he goes in and he continues on and he says, Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. So the total opposite. Right? So we got three there that are saying, good, bless, pray. Right? That's our response to hate, curse, abuse. Think about that, but that is not our inclination. That is not is what is in us. Any of you in this room who has children, that is not their response, right? When a little kid gets hit, it's almost like an automatic, whack, whack, right? It, you just don't, it's not in you. It is unnatural for us. But God is giving us this command, one, possibly to show us our own humanity, to say, yes, Grant, by the way, you are so broken. <laughs> there is really something wrong with you, right? But to let us know that we need to be dependent upon him. It is only him and by his spirit 
that when somebody does something evil, I can do good. That when somebody curses me, I can bless them. That when somebody abuses me, I can pray for them. And that is only through God's Spirit. And so let's go into some examples. Because of course Jesus, the best teacher in the world, is going to give us great examples of how this kind of manifests itself out. So he goes on in the next section and it says, starting in uh, verse 29, To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. So, in Matthew, he kind of elaborates on this, and, and part of this was, was a cultural thing. It was where the right hand would kind of come and smack you across the face with your back hand. It was, it was to disrespect you, to, to let you know, not really to like beat you up, but to really diminish you and to make you feel about this big. In our terms, maybe when I was growing up, it would be like you would just go up to somebody and poke them in the chest and try to get them to do something to respond. Something to where you would disrespect them and try to belittle them. That's what, that's what he's talking about. When somebody does this and tries to degrade who you are, turn the other cheek to him. All right, but now we're talking about, that was physical contact, Grant. Now, now that's not, I mean, hold up. I mean, right? And we grew up in that. It was either fight or flight, right? We've heard that millions of times. And God says neither one. God says neither one. He says stand there. He says do good to them. Right? What about something simple like this? Hey, so why are you so mad? Why would you just strike me like that? What's really going on here? Right? Now we have to have self-control, right? These are only things that come by the Spirit. I'm not trying to, to walk you guys through like, riding your bike for the first time without training wheels. These are hard things to do, but we can do them by the Spirit. These are things that God desires for His people. Then He goes into the next one, and it says, To the other, smacks you on the cheek, offer the other also. From the one who takes away your cloak... Do not withhold your tunic either. And so your cloak was your, was your outside garment. It was like your coat for us. And then your, your tunic was your shirt that was underneath your cloak. That you would just wear. It was just, more, uh, it was just a shirt uh, just for us like an undergarment. Okay, maybe, maybe a tank top, something of that nature in our context. Uh, but... They would take your tunic and it's like instead of grabbing them and snatching them and saying, who do you think you are? Saying, hold up, you forgot something. Think about that. That's what Jesus is saying here. 
But what does it do? What does it do? What does our clothes do for us? They protect us. They help us not to feel as vulnerable. Right? And so I already feel vulnerable because he's taking my cloak. Like, hey, that's mine. But then to offer my tunic, well, it goes back to the same thing of putting myself in a place where I'm less than. Isn't that amazing here? Listen to this. Go into the next one. Verse 30, it says, Give to anyone who begs from you. Give to anyone who begs of you. Right? So, one, you're associating with the lowly. Again, you're put into a vulnerable state. You're associating with the lowly. And you're giving to them what they ask of you. But hold up, hold up, man. I just got approached at the gas pump. This guy's a drunk. I know he's a drunk. What? I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt he is going to go and buy alcohol with it. How many of us have ever played that around in our minds? Right? And saying, no, no, no. Now, I'll go in, I'll go in and buy you a burger, even though that's not what he's asking you for. He's asking you for $5. I'll, I'll go buy you a burger. Well, what about this? Right? And we've, we filtered it through in our minds, but God's saying here, if he begs of you, give it to him. But in that, right, we have to be willing to say, okay, do you know why I'm giving you this $5? I want you to know that this is not because I'm a nice man. This is because Jesus Christ lives inside of me and he says to give to anyone who begs of me. Right? So, how fast can me and you run through $20? Like that. Quick. Right? And we'll do that without even thinking. But if somebody comes and approaches us and asks us for $5, we all of a sudden start caring about how our money's spent. Isn't that amazing? Like, we're okay with it as long as it's us. Right? But if it's someone else, think about this. Every time you go to the gas pump, do you get asked by somebody for $5? No. It doesn't happen every time. So do you think that the Lord might be opening up an opportunity for you to share who he is with somebody who's lost, who needs some help? And me and you could go to the ATM at the beginning of every week 
we could get that $20 bill out of the ATM. We could break that thing up into four fives and be waiting for somebody to come to us. Think of the heart change there. Think of the different way in which we act this out. Let's move on to the next one. Then it says, And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. We in our society have got sue everybody for everything. There's billboards everywhere. You deserve this. Sue them. They have wronged you. They have done this. They have done that. Right? Because I deserve my money back. Right? They, they took that wrongly from me. I deserve that back. But Jesus is already, think about this in the context of what we're talking about. Jesus has already asked them to give away everything to follow him. And then he's already telling them, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who weep now. He might desire his people to suffer a little bit, right? If he did. But that's so contrary to what? That we, this culture that we live in here. It is give it to me now and give me more. And that bleeds into us, guys. And we are called to be a unique people, a set-apart people. And then he gives us a little summary. And it says, the golden rule here for us. In 31, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Right? Anybody ever give their kids a when in doubt statement? Right? Like I, mine in my household is, is when in doubt and you don't know what to do, just be kind. Right? When you don't know what to do, do what you wish that somebody would do to you if you were in the same exact situation. Do so to them. Well, but I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I didn't have to ask anybody for nothing. Well, then you're the only person here that don't need Jesus. But we do that, don't we? And we like to poke out our chest and act like we done done something. We do. We fall into it all the time. But guys, we are called to be a separate people. This next section he's going to go into, and I do not want us to look like this. We don't want to look like the world. We want to look like Jesus Christ and his followers. So this next section, it says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, 
what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Think about that. He says, what benefit is that to you? Like, if I give Gerald $5 because I know Gerald is going to pay me back tomorrow, well, guess what? He don't even have to say thank you because I didn't give him nothing. Think about that. We are doing things that we don't even need to be told thank you for. And we wonder why we don't ever hear it in our society. Thank you, man. Man, I really appreciate that. Do you know why? Because we don't do anything to deserve a thank you. Man, I'll get your lunch, but you pay next time. Think about that. And that's with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, I, I ain't going to charge you interest, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to treat you better than the banks do. Right? Do we really think that that $100 that I let you borrow is so much and worth so much to me that I just can't say, oh, man, I'm good. Yeah, all right, just keep that. Think if that was our heart. Think if that's the way that we responded. People would be walking around saying, they are crazy at Park Baptist Church. They are kind to everybody. It doesn't even matter. I don't know who owns what. They had everything in common. I don't know what's happening over there. I can't tell who's poor. I can't tell who's rich. I can't tell who's educated and who's uneducated. I can't tell any of these things. I can't tell where any of them are from, except there's a couple of them with some accents, some <laughs> deeper south maybe, you know. But, but think about that. So then he repeats it again and says, but, right? And it says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Our reward will be great. Think about that. It makes all of that. Five dollars. Hundred dollars. Time spent. Giving my tunic. Giving my cloak. It makes all of that seem really, really small. When I think of my reward in heaven 
for following his commands and keeping my eyes focused on him and treating others the way that Jesus treated people when he was here. And he will stand up there and be proud to call me a son of the most high God. Welcome in, my child. Can you imagine that? So be kind to the ungrateful and evil. They don't got to appreciate it. Anybody in here with parents, you've given all kinds of stuff to your kids and they didn't appreciate it. There hadn't been, I got four of them and they hadn't appreciated nothing I gave them. <laughs> right. But you've got to think of it in that way. But think about that. Think about us before Jesus snatched us out of darkness into his glorious light. You weren't grateful for no breath that you were ever given. You weren't thankful for the years that he had given you. You weren't thankful for the sun coming up. You weren't thankful for the family he had given you. You weren't thankful for anything. But God snatched you out of darkness anyway. Snatched me out of darkness anyway. And we need to walk around and be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful, guys. He is so gracious and so kind and loves us so much. And he gives us the spirit to be able to reflect this to the world. We have got a great privilege, guys. So let's go and live this out. And think about that. If we're treating our enemies this way, Think how we should be treating one another. Whew. Wow, what a beautiful thing to be his bride, to treat each other in this way. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you so much for your kindness. We thank you so much for your word. Lord, I praise you for uh, your spirit, uh, Lord, that you have sent forth. You told us it would be better for you to send forth the Spirit, Lord. And we thank you so much for it, Lord. And I pray that you would strengthen us to follow your word, Lord, when it is so unnatural for us. Lord, I pray that we would see the beauty in it because we see you in it. Lord, we love you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.